My parents left a, a pathway and a platform for me to be blessed. I need to leave that for my children so they can be blessed and teach them so that their children can be blessed. And we're not having a poverty mentality. We're not having a generational poverty line where everybody been in the system from grandma to big mom and now that's the way I know how to live. That ain't God's blessings for you. God's got a blessing for you. You are the head, not the tail. You above, not beneath. You are blessed and you are able to bless others. That's what God's plans are for his people. Thank you for joining us today as we began a new series on God's grace to help us in tough times. We're going to begin with a message called Hear God, Believe God, and Obey God. Stay tuned because after today's message, I'll share with you how you can come and join in on this series in person as we continue to walk in the light of God's Word. Before I started pastoring, I used to wonder, and I talked to the Lord before I opened the first service, and like, Lord, am I going to have to do what I see these other churches doing to get your work done? Are we going to have to sell fish dinners and barbecue plates and sausage sandwiches to get your work done? That don't make sense to me, Lord. If you have everything and you have all the supply, all the silver is yours, all the gold is yours, and then we got to hustle like that to get your work done? I'm not trying to pastor. You asked me to do this. So you seem like there ought to be a better way to, to fund what you're trying to get done. And the Lord kind of impressed upon my heart. He said, there's no problem with funding. There's no problem with money. Just teach the people how to give and then be good stewards of it. The church will always have our need met. So I started looking at the biblical principles that God had in place. And we started that in November of 94, saying, we're never going to beg you. We ain't going to hustle you. And we're not going to invite any ministers in here and let them hustle you either. We're going to teach you. And if you catch on to it, we'll be prosperous. If you don't catch on to it, we'll close the door. If God ain't funding his ministry, we're going to shut down. But I ain't begging. I didn't like to begging when I was a member sitting in the pew. You know, I've seen every kind of hustle you can imagine sitting right there in the pew and say, Lord, I don't know why they're doing that. Well, they're doing that because they didn't figure out how to get that money from you to the church or to themselves. So we said, we're just going to do it God's way. And we just mentioned to our people, you know, since November 1994, we've never had a month in our church with a financial shortfall. Never. God has blessed us, and we have miracle of, of provision after miracle of provision after miracle of provision. We can testify in this church about how God has done because we have employed his system of economy. So before we had a church building, before we had any assets, we said we're going to take 10% of what comes into our church and give it back out to others, even though we don't even have any assets. We was meeting in a hotel room, and we started doing that, blessing missionaries and blessing people in full-time ministry. And God just blessed us and blessed us and blessed us. Four years later or so, we bought this 27 acres right here on this main street and paid cash for it. Never took an offering for it, didn't, didn't sell anything for it. Why? Because God blessed us. He brought the price down to where we can get it, and we came out here, we shouted and danced in the dirt. Look at what the Lord has done. God knows how to bless you, and you just need to get an understanding of how he works and trust him. So we say that 
we should give 10%, minimum. That's a starting place. A recent survey by Barna Research Group confirmed that the principle of tithing is rarely followed. They found that one out of every six born-again Christians gave no money to his or her church during the year that they did the survey. One out of six gave no money to their church. When I first read this, I didn't believe that until I started looking at the end of the year at our own givers, and I found one of those six. I think I might have found two of those six. I say, this person's coming to church all the time and have given zero. Zero. I'm wondering what they're thinking. Were they the ones that say, Pastor, turn the air down. It's hot in here. Were they the ones that say, Pastor, when are we going to do this? And why don't the church do that? Was that them? Zero. Now, you can't give zero by accident. You have purposed in your mind that I ain't giving nothing. You've done that on purpose. When it's time to, to come that you worship God with your giving, you said, I ain't doing that. But I didn't call them out. I didn't go to them and say anything. I just said, thank God for those who are faithful in their giving. But he said one out of six, 16%, gave nothing to their church. And the proportion who tied to their church on average was 8% of the believers tithe. 8%, 8 out of 100 in most churches. Now, I've been called to go in churches all across the country to teach this principle because they, they're asking me, how do you guys do what you're doing? How do you stay uh, afloat? How do you, when everything else is tight, you guys seem to keep blessing others? God is blessing your church. Tell us what you're doing. I say, what percentage of your members are tithing? He looked maybe about 10 or 12%. We're nowhere close to that. We, we, we got to be at least 50% of our people tithing. And we give God thanks. But that's it. People can be good givers and still not be tithers. That's the minimum. Y'all can relax. We ain't going to put the list up or nothing like that. So. <laughs> You can relax. But they also found, in general, the more money a person makes, the less likely he or she is to tithe. Because they're saying, this is my money. I'm giving too much. So their conclusion to this survey was that tithing is rare. So we develop a series of teaching on giving and stewardship. Stewardship is managing what God puts in your hand. Managing what God puts in your hand. And uh, I don't have no problem with that. I recognize that everything I have belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. And God has blessed me. I don't regret one dime that I have given to the ministry over the years that we have given. I don't even want to go try to count up how much that's been. But I, one dime, I don't regret it because God has blessed us. And we are bountifully blessed even today. But I also know that I don't want to be in a situation like Job where it can be gone at any moment. I want to keep the blessings flowing. So what, I want, what do I want to do with this series? Number one, I want to increase your knowledge about God's system of economy. Secondly, I want to eliminate any false beliefs you may have about giving and receiving. And then thirdly, I want to bring a balance 
to the message of prosperity and poverty. I want to bring a balance. I'm not here to tell you that God's going to prosper you so everybody have a Bentley and a Mercedes and all of that. Some of, some of us don't need that. We're not taking care of the Toyota. Why should God bless you with a Bentley and you haven't changed the oil in your Toyota for four years? See, God is about management and stewardship. If you can be faithful over a few things, he will make you ruler over many. And then I want to cause you to operate according to God's plan for your life and receive his blessings as a result of it. I am so thrilled when I see God blessing the people of this congregation because I know how they have sold into the ministry. But when God called a people to himself, and we began with that last week talking about Abram, God called Abram out, and Abram's offsprings began to multiply. He called those people to himself. He designed a plan for their health, a plan for their education, and a plan for their welfare. The plan for their health was the dietary laws given to Moses. The plan for their education was the teaching of the Word of God that he gave to Moses on Mount Sinai. And the plan for their welfare he gave to Moses, this plan was not according to the economic laws of supply and demand as we know it. It was according to the principles in which God took an interest in the well-being of his people. He said, these are my people. I know how to take care of them. He had a vested interest in the success of the Israelites. He had given promises to Abraham. Remember, he talked to Abraham and says, all nations will call you blessed. You, your children, your children's children, they're going to be called blessed. People are envious of the Jews because they're blessed. All over Europe, they owned all the banks and all the money and all that stuff like that. God says, I don't care how, how far off in the distance you go, I gave a promise in that you would be blessed. So we're going to focus on the system that God developed for this educational and welfare of his people. Now, welfare means health and happiness and general well-being. That means prosperity. Welfare does not mean go standing in line to get a handout. That's what we call it. But welfare is that you are faring well. God's first concern always is our spiritual well-being. God's first concern is our spiritual well-being. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? He says, so get your soul right first. Then we can start on these others. See, when God delivered an estimated 2 million people from Egypt, there was no law and there was no system of government. Think about it. On the night of the Passover, when the death angel came and, and destroyed the firstborns of Egypt, and Pharaoh said, take those people, get your people, and get out of here. Well, they were so happy to get out of Egypt, they just grabbed their stuff. They were told to ask the Egyptians for blessings and favor, and they did that, and some of them came out with silver and gold and all kinds of things. And you see the big story if you watch Exodus. They're getting out in the, in the line, and they're happy, and they're singing and shouting. They get across the Red Sea, and after the Red Sea, they find out, wait a minute. There's no supermarkets. There's no malls. There's no shopping area. We're out in the middle of the desert. And who's in charge? How do we function? We have no laws. We have no governance. 
So God's setting governance and laws and a system of economy. So I want to look at how God set up the system and, and the place of worship that he instructed. In fact, Moses told Pharaoh when he said, let my people go so they can worship God in the desert. Let them go so they can go worship God. He didn't just say let them go. They're going for a purpose. We're going to worship the Lord our God. You ought to say, I want to worship God. It's all about worship. Whatever we do, whatever we have, when we give our verbal testimony, when we pray, when we shout, when we sing, it's all about worshiping God. And when we give, it's about worshiping God with what God has, has given us. When we said, Lord, I know where this came from. If you hadn't blessed me, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't have this. It was God who opened that door. It was God who uh, hired you on that good-paying job and gave you favor. You know if they'd have dug into your resume deep, they would have found some stuff that make them say, I don't want you. There's a song I used to sing about God that said he has already provided every promise you can claim. Just ask it in his name. Everything you need, he has already provided. This is Jerry G. Martin. Thank you for joining us for this series where we are talking about God's grace to provide for his people in tough times. I don't have to remind you about the prices of food and gas and rent and all of the things that we need. But I want you to know that God has already made a way for you to have everything you need. There are some biblical principles that if we would follow them, God is sure to meet our needs. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Or you can go to our website at lowcf.org. Then I invite you to come and join us in person for the rest of this series. And we will be speaking to you about some principles of God. We are told in the scripture, Whoever sows generously will reap generously. We are told that God has a window that he can open up and pour out blessings that we don't have room enough to receive. We are told that God is able. And all we need to do is believe God's promises and commit to obey his word. Join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. Don't forget about the Bible bookstore on our campus, The Beacon. You can get Sunday school supplies, communion supplies, books and Bibles or whatever you need. Call The Beacon at 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.